Welcome to Blind Date with Knowledge. This is a weekly half-hour talk show featuring Queen's University researchers and scholars. The show is a platform for Queen's University researchers to discuss the significance to and benefits of their research on everyday lives. I'm Barry Kaplan, the show's host. Blind Date with Knowledge is broadcast on CFRC Radio, 101.9 FM, Campus and Community, Queen's Radio in Kingston. We're located in Carruthers Hall. All the episodes of Blind Date with Knowledge are available on the CFRC website or the Queen's University Research website at queensu.ca slash research. Today, my guest is Shamel Adas. Dr. Shamel Adas joined Smith School of Business in 2016 as Assistant Professor of Information Systems. Prior to that, he was an Assistant Professor of Information Systems at IESEG School of Management in France. Shamel's research centers on the intended and unintended impact of IS on organizational work. His current research interests include communication technology interruptions, the dark side of IS, and health information technologies. His research has been published in leading journals such as MIS Quarterly, Journal of Management Information Systems, Information Systems Journal, and many others. Hi, Shamel. Thank you very much for being on Blind Date with Knowledge. Hi, Barry. Thank you. Let's begin our conversation by starting with your research on email interruptions. Give us a bit of an introduction, an overview on what this research is. Yes, sure. Uh, so, yeah, so interruptions and in, in email interruptions uh, in particular is, um, you know, something that a lot of people have a, a love-hate relationship with. So so a lot of us get bombarded with emails every day, and, and, and it's uh, sometimes very hard to understand how we can deal with all those emails, uh, especially if we're trying to get uh, work done. So there's research that found that um, the knowledge workers, they get interrupted on average uh, 70 times a day by emails, and they switch to, to their email inbox every 15 minutes. So, so it's a very important phenomenon. So what I'm doing in this research is I'm trying to understand what are the effects of these email interruptions on, on work performance, and also what are the mechanisms that are responsible for those effects, whether the effects are good or bad. So what we did is we conducted several surveys and experience sampling studies with um, business-to-business sales professionals, and we really tried to understand how do they use email and, and what's the impact of uh, their email interruptions on their performance. And what we found was that the effect depends on, on mainly three things. So the content of the email, the performance time frame, and also how the email is managed. So the actual, how people actually use their emails. So uh, we found some really interesting stuff, you know, some of which is um, uh, common knowledge, but also we found some, in, in, you know, interesting twists and surprises. So, uh, you know, first, as, as expected, we found, uh, we classified emails by uh, emails that are incongruent. We call them incongruent versus congruent. So incongruent emails are those, you know, messages that are not really related to uh, the main work that we're doing. They might still be work-related, but they're not just pertinent to the primary tasks that we're that we're working on and the congruent emails are those that are directly related to 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 the work that we're doing so we found that um, as as one would expect you know the incongruent emails are more negative so they they tend to have a bad effect on 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 work performance uh, and that the congruent emails they have actually a positive effect but they also come at the expense of increased uh, stress which means that they can improve performance but they also increase 
the stress, stress levels of, of individuals. So uh, why is that? We tried to explain why this happens, and we found that uh, what happens with the congruent messages is that um, you know they tend to provide new information or um, reveal problems. You know sometimes gaps in terms of uh, you know issues or we're working with, and and you know for instance for a sales professional maybe they'll find out that the customer has a problem with the product that they sold them, and what happens is people because people are very goal driven in the way they work. So when they receive these congruent uh, emails, they switch to a more mindful way of processing their tasks, which we found is actually beneficial for their performance. So it's kind of like a you know like a gear switching, and and they they process their task, uh, they give them insights, and they they motivate them to to reduce the gaps. Let me stop you there. I'm not sure I'm following you mm-hmm. with your use of the, of the word mindful. Mm-hmm. Would the Worker already be mindful prior to the uh, uh, to the experience of receiving an e- email. So would it be would it be a different kind of mindful or yeah. what's what's going on there? Yeah, actually, what we what we found is that people tend to um, you know work in, in in most of the time we work in a mindless way. Not not hmm. not to mean that we're not thinking about what we're doing, but it's kind of like a more efficient way of processing our task. You know, once you know your task and you you know the job that you're doing, you don't tend to think about all the details as you're doing the task, you know, kind of like when you're riding a bike, for instance. But what happens with these congruent messages is, is that they actually create like a, a, a psychological effect, which they kind of like you, you switch gears from the mindless to the mindful way of doing your task, because you're going to think about this message and, 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 and what the problem is, you know, if their customer has a problem with the product or if there's new information that's provided to you. And that's that's what we found, which is this switch, you know, to the mindful uh, way. So, so what does mindful mean? It means that people tend to uh, open up to different ways of thinking, alternative perspectives, you know, being more attentive to the task they're doing, as opposed to like working on automatic modes. Well, this, that's really interesting. Now, I would think that most people would want to be in that mindful state most of the time. Uh, on the other hand, you're probably uh, people are bombarded with numerous emails. Mm-hmm. How do you prioritize? How do you distinguish what's the the most congruent and mm-hmm. the most important? Um, you're going to have to break your your flow to mm-hmm. to do that kind of analysis. E- exactly. Yes. Yes. And 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 actually, it's it's and, and you're absolutely right. You know, even though people would like to work mindfully, but it's a very inefficient way of of working. And, you know, the work context that we that we seeing today is very, you know, people are doing multitasking and, and, and there's, they're constantly shifting from one thing to the other. So what we find is that people, uh, the mindless way of working um, is more efficient and get, can get things more, you know, like more efficiently accomplished. And as I said, it doesn't mean that we're, you know, mindless doesn't mean that you're not thinking about what you're doing. It just means that you're working more in auto mode unless until you get this you know a message that really st- gets you to stop what you're doing and to think about uh, solving a problem or processing new information um, so so that's that's the first thing we found now the second thing we found is that the effect also differs by time frame so we measured performance at the daily level and also at the weekly level and what we found that the negative effects that happen at the daily level a lot of people can actually compensate for those. And we didn't find this negative effect of, of email interruptions on weekly performance, which is very interesting. So, so it suggests to us that people have some coping mechanisms, you know, um, you know, like, like, you know, when your stress levels are very high because you're constantly getting those emails, 
you know, sometimes just really recovering or resting, you know, or having, you know, using the weekend to to unwind or to think about other things can be helpful. Uh, and some people actually they do it the other way around, so they work overtime so that they can compensate for the negative effects of those emails. Very interesting. You're um, you're kind of touching on the what would be my next question is like where what what can we draw from this this research? How can Workers, how can uh, organizations utilize this these findings, these uh, uh, insights that you've developed to mm-hmm. improve uh, performance uh, overall? It, would the recommendation be that people take time off, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Well, talk about yeah, that? A yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. In fact, that's you. That's exactly like the you know the the practical implications of this are very important. Um, you, you know, for, first let me just say like the third the third thing we found mm-hmm. is that. Um, we found also like how we use email can have an impact. So for example, uh, you know, some people tend to use email in a way that they engage in, in multiple conversations at the same time, like which we call parallel communication. And that we found that this practice actually increases stress. Uh, and then depending, you know, some people like to, they're like um, zero inbox zealots, you know, they hate to see emails in their inbox, so they try to archive them or delete them while other people uh, like for instance, my wife is one of those. She she leaves her uh, messages in the inbox, and you find like thousands of messages. And and to me, that's very <laughs> just seeing messages in my inbox is is uh, very stressful. And mm-hmm. that's what we found in this research. You know that just the mere presence of these messages in the inbox is a constant reminder that you have all this unfinished stuff that you're not doing. So we found that how you deal with those email interruptions. You know, people who deleted their messages. Uh, were actually less stressed than people who left their messages in the inbox. So now to the, so so you ask a very important question. So what are the actually the insights and the practical implications of this? So we found that there's several levels. You know, first, uh, it's important for people to understand that not all emails are created equally. So we tend to have this, you know, negative connotation with with interruptions and 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 you know we hear about it all the time in the press. You know, the tyranny of email and things like that, but you know, email interruptions can actually be good, you know, if it's the right message, if it's the right context and the right timing. So that's important to understand. Uh, also, there's specific practices that get, can happen as, as you were suggesting. So for instance, um, individual practices, you know, like deleting messages versus keeping them that can have an impact. There's also, um, you know, organizational interventions. So some organizations are trying to experiment with practices like creating a time response window uh, for when it is appropriate to respond to an email, depending on how relevant it is to the work task and how urgent it is as well. Uh, but we also found that the most effective practices tend to happen at the team level. So a lot of us work in teams and, um, you know, organizations can't really decide what's, what individuals can do best in terms of their email. But teams can put specific norms, you know, for instance, you know, teams with your team members, you can decide what type of communication tasks are best handled by email versus moving to other collaboration platforms, you know, like chat or Skype or face-to-face or things like that. Uh, Teams can also decide what emails are not necessary, you know, for instance, uh, sending acknowledgements or thank yous where there's nothing new there. Uh, It just interrupts people without really providing any, any relevant content. And they can also decide about when it's appropriate, you know, to reply to all uh, versus just really reply to the persons that need to know the information. That sounds really uh, very on target. Mm -hmm. I would think that if you have the good fortune uh, in your work situation to be in a group Mm -hmm. where there's that kind of 
democratic, egalitarian mm-hmm. communication, you mm-hmm. can work through those kinds of things. But I would also think mm-hmm. there's a, a many situations where people have uh, the access to their computer, but they might not be working in a group, or mm-hmm. uh, they may just have to follow particular kinds of rules, timings, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe it, mm-hmm. l- let's just wrap up this segment by mm-hmm. you commenting on on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's you know the the organization structure and the the way the team works, whether it's democratic, horizontal communication versus vertical, will definitely have an impact. Um, we also found that that. One other mechanisms that can be interesting here, other than relying, you know, on, on, on like manual way of managing email, is, is using artificial intelligence. So, hmm, so we can use AI to 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 filter messages by relevance. You know, right now we have the traditional like, um, you know, spam filter uh, that like filters junk mail, but what we're proposing is something more nuanced. You know, having the artificial intelligence. Uh, figure out which messages are congruent versus incongruent and actually, you know, deciding about when to show these messages based on what people are working on. And these technologies are are available already, like, you know, context-aware systems. Uh, There's a lot of research now on context awareness. Uh, And the other thing is that, you know, AI can actually uh, potentially also uh, establish like a predicted congruence score. So before a message is sent even, uh, you know, technology can decide to what extent can predict actually to what extent this message will be relevant to the recipient. And wow. that can have a big impact. I wow, think. I know nothing about that. I'd like to have you back and maybe you can talk about that in, in more detail. Sure. My guest in this episode is Dr. Shamela Das, Assistant Professor of Information Systems in the Smith School of Business at Queen's University. One of the goals for Blind Date with Knowledge is to demystify scholarly research and to personalize researchers. And as a way of making that goal real for us, I ask every guest on the show to tell us a joke or recite a poem or, or uh, uh, say an ins- inspirational quotation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Shamel, the microphone's yours. So, there's one Egyptian saying that I, uh, has really influenced, uh, you know, how I work and how I live and how I think. It's, it's called, Ala Adil Hafak Midriglik which means that, uh, like, you know, stretch your legs or stretch your feet only as far as your blanket reaches. <laughs> so, so, so that can have many implications. So the first one is, you know, like financial. So, for instance, I don't like to um, go into debt that much, except if I really have to, you know, like maybe take a mortgage or things like that. But other than that, if I have the money, you know, to, to buy something, then I, then I buy it. Um, now, it also has affected my research in a way that... Um, when I try to think about, you know, the implications of the research and what I'm actually doing, I don't try to stretch, you know, the uh, theoretical or practical implications, but I try to really make it uh, something that's relatable and, um, you know, that's doable as well. So I don't try to, um, you know, make grand claims or statements about what this research achieves, but I really try to focus on problem-based um, research questions that can have um, even a small impact in how we can improve um, our work and our, our performance. That's wonderful. It sounds like you're making a wonderful contribution to Queens, to the general uh, state of business, and uh, uh, it's, it's been a fascinating interview. Uh, so, th- so thank you very much, Shamel. Thanks for having me, Barry. My guest uh, in this episode of Blind Date with Knowledge has been Dr. Shamel Adas, Assistant Professor of Information Systems in the Smith School of Business at Queens. If you have a question about anything related to research that you would like to uh, have our guests discuss, or if you have comments about today's conversation, please email me, Barry Kaplan at bdwk at cfrc.ca.
thank you very much for tuning in. This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.